I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Got me a big wave, ride me a big wave, got me a big wave. A red wave. It's high noon for Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me occasionally on Gab at I'm your moderator and the merch site is www.cancelcotour.com. Today is the 140th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You got what you paid for. And you paid zero, which is why you got a big zero. And it's high time that you all came back to reality, paid attention to what countless people have been trying to tell you for a year or two years or six years or decades because sorry Kami they were right and of course a big warm Wednesday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there hello commies welcome to the show I'm not exactly sure how you got here and you're probably going to get mad really soon if you're not mad already but that's okay because the thing is, you kind of deserve it. You're going to hear me mock and ridicule you, but it's only because you still hold all of these very stupid and very evil ideas in your head. And it's not totally your fault. You were conditioned to think this way. The entire culture has been involved in this mass mutual trickery where the original trick becomes so ingrained in society and the means of enforcing the trick becomes so ingrained as well that we now just all continue to trick each other until you realize what the trick is. That doesn't change anything, though. You've still been tricked. And it's not just me telling you that. And it's not just me making fun of you. You are quite literally stuck in an alternate reality that your brain is creating based on the fact that you can't get yourself out. So you figure out how to dig further and further and further in and you watch CNN all day. You watch MSNBC all day. You spend all day checking Apple News notifications from news sources that are going to reinforce those stupid and evil ideas. Understand that the things you're trying to deny about Anthony Fauci right now were true the entire time. And so many of us were saying these things the entire time. But you won't listen because you need your information to be like baby food, all mushy, and it tastes good enough for you to eat. But it's not complicated. You don't have to chew because you don't have teeth. And now it's all over your face. <laughs> it's funny. There's a headline out today on Gateway Pundit. And 
it's not new information. I mean, the idea that China has been financing our major media companies is is not anything new. There was a list released probably almost a year ago now. I think it was July of last year where it showed 25 different news organizations all receiving money as part of a Chinese Communist Party program. And, you know, commies out there will be like, oh, that's not true. They're just like buying advertising. Yeah. How do you think these places make their money? It's advertising and subscriptions. And if China's buying them, so they'll keep putting out all the stuff that China likes. That actually should be seen as a problem. There were government documents just released this week. Uh, This is at FARA.gov. But it details China Daily, the Chinese Communist Party's state media, funding American news outlets. But which ones, you ask? Well, according to this document, China Daily has run ad campaigns in Foreign Policy, The Los Angeles Times, Financial Times, and Time Magazine. You know, just those little shops that don't have any readership. China is funding them. China is keeping these media companies in business as they shed readership and viewership. That's actually happening. It's not something I'm making up. Media companies are staying in business with Chinese dollars because Americans are tuning them out. It should actually be seen as a problem that the sources of information trusted by so many communists are actually produced by communists as a favor to China. It's a good thing China doesn't have their hooks in any of our politicians. Oh, wait. Yep, China's captured that too. Corporations, tech, universities. Yeah, it's China, commies. You went out and specifically, knowingly, elected a man who is compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. And it's all right there in black and white and sometimes dreadfully living color on Hunter Biden's hard drive, which is not Russian disinformation. It's actually just real. And the Daily Mail's been dropping a Hunter Biden laptop story pretty much every day. I don't know why it took them so long to put a team on this to dig through it, but I'm glad they have. You know, obviously, I want that stuff to come out. But yeah, now Hunter's in trouble for casually using the N-word and that naughty F-A word that people are not allowed to say. So no one really seems to care very much on the communist side because why would they attack Hunter Biden for something that they attack literally everyone else for? Oh, yeah. It's because what they really care about is the cause. They wouldn't want to make one of the worst people in the world be held accountable for his behavior. And by the way, I'm not like I'm not crazy about going after for people for what they've said in private text messages, specifically if it's language like that, like no, no words that we know people do use. You know, especially if they're doing it in some sort of lighthearted way, like I do not want to find myself in the position of defending Hunter Biden in any way. It's better that those words just aren't a part of your general vocabulary. But this is not remotely the worst thing that's been found on Hunter Biden's laptop. And as far as those words go, I mean, let's be realistic. Every hip-hop-loving millennial and younger actually uses 
N-I-G-G-A as part of their normal internet speak. Like, and again, I'm not saying it's good, but it's pervasive in hip-hop music. And that word is part of that culture. And so people, all sorts of young white people who think that they are very much a part of hip-hop culture, use the word constantly. But I would like to see an even application of principles, let's say. So I want to talk about some COVID stuff. And then in the second half, I want to talk a little bit and speculate a little bit about something that I think may happen. I don't know. But I've been thinking about it and I can't get it off my mind. And I want to share it with people and see what the reaction is without obviously trying to get anybody's hopes up too much. Now I feel like I've over-described it and I should just go into it now, but I'm not going to. So it was just announced, I think yesterday, that the Foo Fighters are going to be holding a concert in New York City and they're all pretending that this is like the reopening of Madison Square Garden, but it's not. Madison Square Garden's been open for sports. This is just the first concert there. This isn't a miracle There are concerts being held all across the country. This is supposed to be a big deal because it's in New York. Ooh, New York's opening up. I guess they are ahead of the game. But no, they're not. New York has been consistently behind this game for the entire time. In fact, if New York was its own country, it would have the second worst COVID numbers in the entire world behind only neighboring communist New Jersey. And sorry, Jersey people, I know you're not communists. Your governor's a communist. So right now your state is communist. That's just how it goes, okay? I wasn't a communist last year while I was stuck in California, but I lived under communism in California. Just is what it is. So they got Foo Fighters, which are, you know, on some level, a kind of legendary band, just simply based on who's in it. I mean, Dave Grohl is a badass musician. He really is an incredible musician. He was the drummer in Nirvana, and he left and started Foo Fighters and plays guitar and sings and played drums in Foo Fighters as well. Obviously not at the same time. I know how physics work. (laughs) He didn't replicate himself and play both. But they also originally had two members of one of my favorite bands of all time, Sunny Day Real Estate. And that's uh, Nate Mandel, who's still in the band playing bass. At least I think he's still in the band. He still was a few years ago. It's not like I keep up on my Foo Fighters stuff anymore. And... They initially had Sunny Day's drummer, Will Goldsmith, as the drummer on the first record. And now they have Taylor Hawkins, who is also a badass. And these people are actually nice people, too. Like, I've met all of these guys. They're really genuinely nice people. Okay? But 15 years later, and a whole lot of money, that stuff creates detachment automatically okay once you are that rich and that famous your life changes and that's that unless you're just completely out in the wilderness somewhere with family and close friends in a small town if you stay in one of the big cities you're gonna live a famous person's life and you can get detached that way and over the last 10 or 15 years celebrities have been convinced that they must use their platform for good. And using your platform for good only means one thing. You have to repeat the party's slogans. You're not allowed to use your platform for good to wake up people to the truth. You're not allowed to use your platform for good to convince people to think for themselves. You have to use your platform for good to repeat the party slogans and to be part of the party. And so many of these people 
are convinced by so many people around them to say these things so many times to feel like they have to be involved. They have to put out the slogan. You know, these aren't issues that all of them are sitting around all day researching. These are things that they glean the same way normal people get their information. They get it from social media. They get it from the news notifications on their phone. They trust Dr. Fauci. They think Trump is evil. They don't understand that Joe Biden was mentored by a Klansman and that Kamala Harris actually did sleep her way into politics and hasn't really accomplished anything and that they're all a bunch of corrupt communists. This is not the sort of thought that celebrities allow themselves to have. If they are challenged, they're like, oh, yeah, man, well, you know, politics isn't my main thing. I just don't really want to talk about that sort of stuff. Like, there are better things to worry about. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Kami, like what? What's better to worry about than the fact that the fake president is out there inventing a variant in the UK that specifically targets people who are 12 to 20 years old? (laughs) What's more important than that, Kami? They're trying to convince people like you, Dave Grohl, to vaccinate their children before they go to school and to tell everybody else to do the same thing. So they're literally inventing a variant that targets the exact group they're trying to target right now for vaccines. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Just right then when they want to start vaccinating kids to go back to school, they want to make this a thing. So that everybody has to do it. So that parents can't say no. Because so many kids have already done it. Well, this is just how we're going to do it. Everybody else did it. Their kids are just fine. Well, I mean, not all of them. Yes, some of their kids died. But statistically, almost all the children are just fine. And yeah, it's sad that these 12-year-olds that we gave the vaccine to are dead. But just think of all the data we gained. So Foo Fighters has signed on to play a literally segregated show. Only vaccinated people are allowed to go. And I would imagine they're going to have a more difficult time selling this concert out than they would otherwise. And I hope it doesn't sell out at all. But they're going to say it sells out either way. And what the industry is going to do is they're just going to take those tickets, all the thousand or five thousand or ten thousand or twenty thousand tickets that don't sell. And I I mean, Madison Square Garden can maybe hold, I don't know, twenty five thousand for a concert, maybe less. So I don't think that there's going to be twenty thousand unsold seats, but you get my point. They're going to take all those. They're going to send them out to radio stations. They're going to send them to celebrity PR companies, and they're going to try to get a bunch of celebrities there, a bunch of people who go there on free tickets because they're vaccinated. They're going to fill the stadium up with people who didn't buy tickets, is what I'm saying. And we know this stuff is true. And actually, it's funny. There, this, this has been reported all over the place, but there is, uh, I'm going to now cite Gateway Pundit twice in the show, so that's going to make commie heads explode. But the Gateway Pundit did an article about this as well. And, uh, you know, James Dolan, executive chairman and CEO of MSG, is like bragging the garden is ready to rock. Yeah. With vaccines. <laughs> like literally the least interesting people in the world are going to be at that show. Oh, I bet they're going to go mad for the Foo Fighters. But that's not the part in the Gateway Pundit article that I found interesting because they're actually mentioning that Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York City is taking it upon himself to try to get Clive Davis to set up a massive concert in Central Park near the end of August. And they're not going to ban vaccinated people from that because uh, it's outdoors. Like, first of all, you don't need to do anything outdoors. Obviously, 
but they're going to allow unvaccinated people there, but just in their own special section. So that's not quite as segregated as the Madison Square Garden show, but it's still very segregated. And they note that at least 70% of tickets will go to those who have been vaccinated. And check this out. Although no lineup has been set yet, de Blasio said he wants a three-hour show for 60,000 fans and eight iconic musicians performing. There will be both vaccinated and non-vaccinated sections. At least 70% of the tickets will go to people who can prove that they got the shot. However, most tickets will be free. <laughs> Which tickets are the free ones? Are those for the vaccines? Yup, for sure they are. So they're just basically admitting <laughs> right there that they have to recruit people to come to this crap. To come to segregated shows. Just give it away. Let's make it clear to everyone that if you want to do cool things like see the Foo Fighters 20 years past their expiration date, you need to get vaccinated. Got it? If you want to do this super cool thing, you got to get a shot. And sure, the shot might have long-lasting medical complications, but not getting the shot is going to give you long-lasting musical complications and no one can tolerate that going to concerts is so much more important than not dying and by the way there are very few people that like going to concerts more than i do i have seen literally thousands of bands when i was in los angeles myself and a partner of mine used to run venues Actually, this is a few different venues and a couple of different partners, I should say, where we would have some of the world's greatest bands come and perform in these small venues because of how we operated the venues and the experience we gave to our artists. So I've literally seen thousands and thousands of bands. I love going to concerts. I am still 100% comfortable saying that if vaccination is a condition of me ever seeing concerts again in the future. Sorry, concerts. Guess that's it, right? I guess our relationship is over. I remember our experiences together fondly, but that's it. There's nothing more after that. I'm not going to be forced to do something, inject myself with an experimental gene therapy so I can watch the Foo Fighters. We are in a completely upside down world. Commies actually want this. And they want the government to demand this. At what point do they have the thought? Oh, well, you know, I don't feel like the government should be asking me to do that. No point. No point. They care about the party. They care about repeating the party's slogans. And there is nothing else but the party. So guys, this stuff doesn't stop unless we make it stop. And the way we make it stop is by not complying. You got to become non-compliant. So that doesn't mean trying to get fake vax credentials so that you can go to this stuff, right? It just means you don't get vaxxed and you don't go. The only way to show these people that this stuff ain't going to fly is by making sure that when they do it, they don't get rewarded for it. Okay. If you go to the show, if you buy a ticket just on the idea that you can fake your vaccine credential and still go, you're still Funding the problem. Even if you get a free ticket and you fake your vax credential, you go in, you buy beers, you help fill up the venue. You can't do it. All right. I mean, listen, do whatever the hell you want, but 
Know what you're doing. Be conscious about it. They can play this stuff off like it was all a massive success. And I'm sure that they will try to. But behind the scenes, if people are not buying those tickets, they're going to know. Okay? Now, maybe the whole thing will sell out. Maybe there's enough commies and Foo Fighter fans in New York City. That's totally possible. Especially for people who haven't seen, like, a big concert in a very long time. So maybe it sells out. But our responsibility doesn't change. Okay? Don't go to segregated events. Don't spend your money at segregated businesses. And that is what they are. This is what we should call them. Okay? The messaging here does matter. These are segregated events. Do not participate in segregation unless you want more segregation. And wanting more segregation makes you part of the hate movement. I just want to briefly highlight this story from last week, which was reported all over. I have the Epic Times right up in front of me. The counties, this is Alameda County in California, by the way, sorry. And the headline is California County COVID-19 death toll lowered by 400 after counting method change, June 6th. The county's COVID-19 dashboard following an update on June 4th to reflect the total number of COVID-19 deaths using the state's death reporting definition shows that 1,223 deaths were caused by the CCP virus, 411 fewer than it had previously reported. Alameda County previously included any person who died while infected with the virus in the COVID-19 deaths for the county, the county's public health department said in a statement. For example, someone who tested positive for the virus before dying in a car accident would still have been counted toward the COVID-19 death toll. And again, this is something I've been talking about for 15 months. This has always been this way. This has been this way all across the country. This is how they tally COVID deaths. And we can leave aside the fact that counting more COVID cases and counting more COVID deaths got these medical facilities paid more for right now. That stuff will all be handled eventually. But right now, it's just important to once again highlight how distorted our picture of this disease has always been and the fact that it has been that way intentionally. Okay, if you have COVID-19, if you had a positive test and you die within 60 days, they counted in the COVID statistics. Got it? Car crash, COVID. Heart attack, COVID. Murder, COVID. George Floyd appears in the COVID death statistics. Aligning with the state's definition will require Alameda County to report as COVID-19 deaths only those people who died as a direct result of COVID-19 with COVID-19 as a contributing cause of death or in whom death caused by COVID-19 could not be ruled out. The health officials said, noting that their system of reporting COVID-19 deaths on the dashboard and to the state was implemented early in the pandemic before the state established guidelines for how deaths should be classified. So now we have this standard in here in whom death caused by COVID-19 could not be ruled out. All right? That is a very, very broad definition of what a COVID death is. You can't rule it out. So pneumonia or flu, you can't rule that, rule out that that's not COVID, right? You got all the symptoms. So what you're then saying is you're just waiting on a positive test. They didn't have a positive test knowing that the tests are totally faulty. And another thing that has always been true is that they have a category where they diagnose people with COVID even in the absence of a positive test. They call it likely COVID. This is not a new thing. Alameda County Health Officer Nicholas Moss told the Mercury News that his department was aware of the inconsistency between the county and the state's numbers, but it had to put off the change because of a major surge in infections during the winter. <laughs> yeah, they can't do the minor data work on a set of 1,600 
because of the major COVID surge in infections. Not deaths, not hospitalizations, positive tests. That's what delayed them. We just weren't able to move as quickly on this as we would have liked, but we felt it was important and sometimes better late than never, he said. Moss said some people may use the revision to argue that the pandemic isn't as severe as it's made out to be, an idea he strongly disputes. There are going to be people who make hay out of it and use it to question things about the pandemic, but it's irrefutable, the severity of the pandemic. He told Mercury News, I think anyone who would use this to make the argument that this is somehow overblown is really turning a blind eye to some of the simple truths of the pandemic. Okay, Mr. Moss. But how about this? I'm going to go ahead and make hay out of it. So I guess you were right in your prediction. There are going to be people making hay out of it. This one county in California just reduced their covid deaths. By 25%, down to a definition of COVID deaths that is still overbroad and open to influence and manipulation. Congratulations, I guess. Why should we not make hay out of that fact when we have been told that the reason we know the disease is so dangerous? And so deadly is that we've had so many cases and so many deaths attributed to COVID, not from COVID, but attributed to COVID. And so now when we're having fewer deaths attributed to COVID, we're not supposed to think, hey, really, you were just too busy to tell us that at least 25 percent of the covid deaths you recorded were not actually from covid at all i thanks what will this look like when this standard is applied broadly what will this look like when a legitimate standard is put in place and then applied broadly and oh yeah How come no one got the flu last year and no one died from the flu last year? Oh, yeah, right. It was the masks. What was I thinking? Yeah, yeah, I know, Kami. Sorry, you're the smart one. You're the smart one. Yes, I know what it says on TV. Yes, you're right. You're very smart. You're very smart. You figured out where the flu goes. You heard some expert explain it to you and you figured it was too hard to understand on your own. But the experts say the thing that you like And so that's got to be right. Take your masks off, commies. Stop it, okay? Everybody sees you. We know your virtue signaling. No one cares. We all think you're stupid, okay? And I know people bristle at that. But when someone is doing something for social credit, And the thing they're doing is very destructive. You don't need to attack the person. You need to strip away the social credit from the thing they're doing. Which is why ridicule actually is a very valuable tool in these situations. People should want to be fully realized adult humans who are actually taking human agency And applying it to their own lives. So mocking their ridiculous mask is actually really effective and really necessary. You think they haven't been saying awful things about everyone else the entire time? Again, this is a hate movement. All right. They are showing one another. That they're on the same team. And that force for them, that motivation drives this behavior. They think they are displaying themselves as better than everyone else. That's why they're doing it. We have to take that away. All right. Now, let's change subjects without a segue. I have been thinking, obviously, always, as many of us are, about 
how things are going to play out as we draw closer and closer to irrefutable public proof that the election was quite obviously a systematic, widespread fraud and theft of the American people's right to vote. And that's what it is, ultimately. This isn't just about declaring a different result, all right? It's not about the result. It's especially not only about the result for Trump. It's about what this all means on a greater scale. All right. Like I I said a few weeks ago, I don't think that this is ultimately just going to be about like, oh, we find out Arizona flips. And then six weeks later, we find out, oh, yeah, Georgia was fraud, too. So Georgia flips. And then six weeks later, we find out, oh, I guess Pennsylvania and Michigan are messed up, too. Hey, I guess now Trump's the winner. Let's start a constitutional crisis six months from now. That's not how I see this going. All right. We are already in a constitutional crisis because we have a fake president pretending to be president. Okay, so the constitutional crisis began last fall. If you really want to get to the roots of it, we were already even having, I guess you could say, a constitutional crisis up before that point because we had officials in states around the country with absolutely no authority to make changes to the election process, making changes to the election process. And that stuff wasn't all solved by the time the election happened. Even when courts made decisions, the officials still ignored the courts or went around the decisions and made changes anyway. And then, of course, we know about Dominion updating machines the night before the election. We know about the DNI report about Iranian interference in the election. There was plenty of stuff that happened before the election. But we are in an ongoing constitutional crisis already because we have an illegitimate president pretending to lead the nation. But in terms of these timelines, I think that the idea that these audits are ultimately going to be what leads the narrative is mistaken. Now, we know what Arizona is going to find. All right. People did all the work before the audit ever began. They knew exactly where to look. And they've probably found a whole bunch of things that we never discovered. But it's not going to be the other way where they just find that all of these votes are actually attached to real living American citizens who are eligible to vote. That is not going to happen. And we know it's not going to happen. We know there are fake ballots. We know there are dead voters. We know there are illegal immigrants who voted. There are countless ways that the small margins of victory in these quote-unquote swing states will be overcome just based on the illegal votes we know about. That's going to happen. One thing that's interesting to me, though, is that the auditors in Arizona have made public the fact that they are going to be done with the hand count on Monday. Okay, and here's where I am speculating. All right, let's be clear about that. During that hand count, They are going to discover fake ballots, ballots with no signature, groups of ballots with the same signature, tens, hundreds, sometimes thousands of ballots from the same address. Ballots that come in like they did in California from a dormitory at a college that wasn't open. Okay, 3000 ballots. This is like a week or so ago. In Northern California, maybe it was like uh, Santa Cruz or Santa Clara. That's fraud. Okay, those votes don't count. They were counted, but they don't count. Those are not legal votes. The hand count alone is going to find some of this stuff. Now, when the hand count finishes and they've proven that the numbers just aren't there. 
You know, it's entirely possible and maybe even likely based on the population growth numbers and how much of the population had shifted toward Trump. A better way to maybe say that would be how much Trump added on to his numbers in 2016 and to previous Republican numbers. And by the way, a great, great video that you should go watch came out on Monday on the Doug Billings show. You can find it on Rumble. There is a military intelligence guy there named Seth Keschel. Okay. And he goes through and breaks down exactly what I was just discussing. The population changes Trump's growth numbers in those places, and then how unlikely it would be for the Democrats to come in and add 300,000 new Democratic votes in Maricopa County, for instance, when we know the population didn't rise in any way that would make that possible, right? They went up 100,000 for Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election, and then Somehow, the Democrat vote count went up 300,000, I think is the number. Don't quote me on that, but it was something extraordinarily unlikely. Seth Keschel described it as the sort of statistical anomaly that could happen, but really couldn't. Like a Major League Baseball player hitting 162 home runs in an 162-game season, right? It's physically possible. It's technically possible, but it's not really statistically possible because no one has even come halfway to reaching that number. It's just something that does not happen and will not happen unless, I don't know, people become superhuman at some point, or we just have robots playing baseball and then it's just a video game. Yeah, I can score a hundred runs on like RBI baseball by N Nintendo, you know, I could hit 162 home runs in a season on there, but it doesn't happen in real life. So the point is that we know the Democrats had to generate all sorts of votes that simply don't exist. Okay. Trump grew his vote in major cities around the country, like Los Angeles and New York. But somehow, Joe Biden grew his vote so much more than Trump did. The guy who didn't campaign, the guy who had an event in Arizona with Kamala Harris that literally zero people showed up to. That guy added hundreds of thousands of votes and won Maricopa County for the first time in like 70 years. I think 1948. Was the last time a Democrat won in Maricopa County? Again, don't quote me. I'm trying to remember as best I can from the things he said the other day. But watch it. I think I'm right. It's been a really long time regardless. But that's what we are expected to believe if we're going to assume that the number in Maricopa is legitimate. Okay? There's no reason to believe the number in Maricopa is legitimate. And... I suspect that they will find just through the hand count alone that there is absolutely no way Joe Biden won Arizona. All right. I think we all have that understanding on some level. The hand count is done next Monday. The thing I'm thinking about is this. They've told us that they have other processes of the audit that will still need to be completed after that point. And I am 100% on board with that. I can see that they do have that work. They have told us what the work is. They are considering doing the canvas, although they've had problems with that because the communists are trying to make it so that they can't. They're trying to pretend that voters are somehow at risk if an auditor drives by an empty lot where 3,000 people voted that somehow puts voter integrity at risk? No, it doesn't. But they're still trying and they're creating problems with that part of things. And then they 
still have some of the forensic stuff left to do. So it's going to be a couple more weeks of the audit, despite the hand count being over. And then they say there's going to be a few weeks to prepare a report. So. So if we're just going to take everything at face value, then it seems that the likely scenario is that we get the results of the audit at some point in mid to late July. But this is the thing that I'm hung up on, and I've talked about it before. And listen, I'm just going to make an argument, take it or leave it. Okay. But what we're talking about here again is not simply flipping one state and then flipping another state and then flipping another state and being like, oh, hey, the electoral college number is off and then proceeding from there. Although that may happen as well. I'm mostly concerned about the public's understanding of what's happening. That is going to shift everything so much more than the timing of the audits. Okay, if one audit comes out and says there's absolutely no way in the world Joe Biden won this state. The uproar begins. The meltdown begins. All right. It doesn't wait longer for more states to finish their audit, although the media is going to be crying that all day and night. Well, we can't trust this. We can't trust this one audit in this one state that we know is dominated by Republicans. And these guys are called cyber ninjas. I mean, that's what Rachel Maddow is going to say. But smart people are not going to accept that. All right. There has been enough talk about all of this for so long that the public understanding that, yes, indeed, it actually is totally possible to pull off systemic fraud and have the media and the Democrats and other communists around the country go right along with it, even though they know. Once everybody knows that, that's a breaking point. That is my working theory. Okay. And so the other part of it is that, again, we are talking about crimes here. Okay. That's the other side of just this electoral college scenario. And I'm not discounting that side, but I'm saying that what do you do as an auditor and as the Arizona State Senate when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that a massive crime has been committed? All right. I would suspect they might take that evidence directly to the court, even before they finish all of the other steps of the audit and all the reporting could be totally wrong. Okay. I could be totally, absolutely wrong. I want everyone to understand this, but if I'm not wrong, how do they just sit back for three weeks or four weeks or six weeks and allow these people to continue the machinations to diminish the audit, to destroy the opportunity to audit in other states, and to further interfere with this process. Crimes are crimes, all right? And we are dealing with crimes. Voter fraud is a crime. Voter fraud on this scale is an enormous crime. And they're not going to have doubts about who was involved in this. We know the Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, tried to cover this up. We know the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors tried to cover this up. They have been trying to delay and diminish the audit at every turn. We know the Arizona governor signed his name to all of this. So what happens if, for instance, there just simply are not 2.1 million ballots. The hand count is going to show that. Right? And again, this is something I cannot possibly know. Maybe they have created enough ballots to get up to 2.1 million, but I strongly suspect that they didn't. And that the auditors are going to find in the hand count that not only are the results of the election overall, not what we were told, but that there also just simply are not 
2.1 million ballots to count. And if that happens, what do they do? What if there are 1.9 million, right? What if they have a 200,000 physical vote deficit after doing the hands count? Does just nothing happen at that point? Maybe they bide their time. Maybe they do wait for the report to come out and all of that. That's fine. It's totally possible. Again, this is just something I've been thinking about. I welcome feedback on this theory. And by the way, I could be proven completely wrong in five days. So this theory might not be long for the world at all. But I do have a suspicion, man, that these are crimes and that people are going to need to start being arrested and prosecuted as soon as these crimes are known and proven. Like if they can be proven to a standard that will hold up in court and achieve a guilty verdict, are they really just going to let that sit out there? Honestly, maybe. Right? I mean, we've had plenty of provable evidence for this entire time. Maybe this is the responsible way to do it. Maybe that's how they'll try to do it. Maybe that's how they will do it. Totally open to that. But there's just this nagging feeling that once that is done, we're going to realize rather quickly that the result just simply is not what we were told. And at that point, how do things not spring into action? All right. That's what I'm thinking. By the end of this week, representatives from 10 different states will have visited the Arizona audit because there are already people in those 10 states that are getting this close to demanding audits for their state. And again, this is a countrywide problem. This isn't a swing state, battleground state kind of thing. You think this isn't going to happen in Minnesota? For sure, it's going to happen in Minnesota. Virginia, yeah. Those two states were definitely won through fraud. I have no doubt in my mind about that. Why was Alaska delayed? Anyone tell me that? No one knows the answer to that question. What should we assume it is? Fraud. That is an entirely reasonable assumption to make. Texas, Ohio, and Florida, all big population states, had their results in on election night. And then we have all these other states that just wait and wait and wait. They can't figure out how to count the ballots. Give me a break. Who believes that? How small is your child brain, Kami? Seriously. If you've gotten it this far in this show, your brain must be bigger than that. All right? So take that as a compliment because you are not nearly as dumb as the people you talk to every day. But now consider the rest of it. All right? Representatives from 10 states visiting the Arizona audit to observe how they're doing it and figure out how to get this to happen in their states. What are states going to do if they find out next week that 1.9 million people voted in Maricopa County? What are they going to do? What happens if we find out that's the case? Seriously, that's what you have to think about. And again, maybe they got 2.1 million physical ballots in there somehow. It's possible. Could be totally wrong. I'll say it over and over again. But what happens if I'm right? What happens if there simply are not enough ballots for them to hand count for Joe Biden to have won? Just based on that. No other kind of fraud necessary. No report, no forensics, no canvas, no machines. Just the pure hand count. Joe Biden is said to have won Arizona by ten and a half thousand votes. All right. 
What happens if Maricopa's total ballots are even just 20,000 fewer than they say they have to have? That right there would be enough to flip this. So how do people react? How does the media react if it comes out that there were 2 million ballots or 1.9 million ballots? They're going to go around calling everybody liars. No one's going to believe that. Arizona is certainly not going to have any good excuse for where the ballots went. The entire thing has been on videotape the entire time. Yeah, there's going to be some commies out there that don't believe it and think it's all a big trick, but it's not. So what happens? What does Trump do? Does Trump keep silent about it? No. (laughs) I mean, no one could imagine Trump being silent about something like that. Does MSNBC and CNN, do they keep having Katie Hobbs on to explain this? She has no explanation for where those ballots would have been. There's a reason why they didn't want the auditors to get the physical ballots. Remember how crazy they went over that? Remember Rachel Maddow freaking out? The conspiracy theorists, they have the real physical ballots. This is terror for them. They know the truth. And again, this is one of those things that like commies can't get through their heads at all. And people who can't kind of come to terms with the magnitude of this, they can't get it through their heads either. That these people that they have listened to all this time are not just wrong. All right. Anthony Fauci wasn't just wrong about masks. He wasn't just wrong about where the virus came from. And he was out on TV today again trying to tell Chuck Todd that it really wasn't the CCP's fault. It's not China's fault. You know, no one would have ever done this intentionally. There's no signs whatsoever, if you really look at the virus, that this thing was was definitely man-made. The great likelihood is that it came from nature, even though there's zero evidence of that theory at all. He's not just wrong, okay? Being just wrong is okay, about what time you said you were going to get home because your girlfriend was making a nice dinner and you're a half an hour late. Well, I was wrong. Those things happen. Anthony Fauci is not wrong. Anthony Fauci is lying. Katie Hobbs is not wrong. Katie Hobbs is lying. Okay? The media... The politicians, the corporations, everyone who is out there saying that Joe Biden is the legitimately elected president of the United States and trying to perpetuate that narrative, saying that they know it to be true that Joe Biden received 81 million votes, that the election was fairly decided around the country. Those people are not just simply wrong, okay? If they're on the TV, if they're professional politicians in Congress, in the Senate, in Joe Biden's fake administration, they're not wrong, okay? They're lying. They know what they did. They're not mistaken about the outcomes. This is what I was saying about Barack Obama yesterday as well. Barack Obama isn't confused about whether or not Joe Biden got 81 million legitimate votes. He's not confused at all. He's not getting his information from CNN. He didn't do a deep dive on the data and found, yeah, it's true. It's 81 million. He's not wrong. He's lying. He's not confused. He's lying. None of these people should be forgiven in any sense. And I don't mean by like a higher power or at some point in their life, if they make amends, not that people like Barack Obama or Katie Hobbs or Brad Raffensperger or any of these communists will ever get the opportunity to do that. Okay. They are beyond amends. I'm talking about 
people who weren't intimately involved in the actual crime, people who might have been ignorant to it, people who got played along, you know, people who maybe took a payoff. If they want to come out and be whistleblowers and apologize and get on the side of right, maybe there's some redemption for them at some point. But for the rest of these people, they are criminals who tried to strip American citizens of their sacred right to vote. And they committed treason against this country. There is no path to forgiveness for those people. So again, these people are fully aware of what they did. They are fully aware of how it operated. And they are fully aware of what the auditors will find. There is a reason that there is such panic on that side. And it has nothing to do with January 6th. Again, that is the best excuse that they can give the public on why the public does not deserve audits. Because if we do more of these audits, it's going to threaten our democracy and increase the chances of another very violent insurrection. The only thing that increases the chances of another very violent insurrection are people like Nancy Pelosi planning another very violent insurrection. It's that simple. Trump supporters did not instigate the very violent insurrection. Trump supporters were let into the building by the Capitol Police. They are on video having polite, peaceful conversations with the Capitol Police telling the people that are in the room with them, hey, we all have to be peaceful. No assaults. Don't wreck anything. It's all on video. How do the Capitol Police simultaneously pretend to be heroes for fighting back this very violent insurrection and also be the exact same people who let everyone into the building? But still, that's the threat we're told we must avoid. And the only way it can be avoided is by never questioning the election ever. If you question the election, then you're increasing the likelihood of another January 6th. That's the best they've got. Okay? So you know that that explanation doesn't match the thing they're attempting to explain. And when that happens, you know they're lying. They are freaked out by the fact that the auditors have the physical ballots because the truth lies in the physical ballots. And the truth will lie other places as well. Again, not taking anything away from those things. Just saying that on the hand count alone, they will know one thing for certain. And that's whether or not the number of actual ballots matches the number of ballots they were told they'd receive. And the fact is, they've had a lot of boxes with numbers of ballots labeled on the boxes that don't match the number of ballots inside the boxes. Okay, I'm not pulling this out of thin air. If that is repeated on a wide enough scale, then there will be a deficit in the number of ballots compared to the number of votes recorded in Maricopa County. And the other elements of the audit would not be, I don't want to say necessary because it's all necessary. I want every single answer from the audit. But those other elements would not be necessary in terms of knowing the final result, right? We could literally know what the result is as soon as that one piece of information comes out. If there are fewer ballots than votes recorded, then we know there is an enormous problem that they cannot recover from. And we could know that as early as five days from now. So, again, take it or leave it. Could find out I'm totally wrong. If we get that information and I am totally wrong, I'm going to come on here and say it, of course. And there are plenty of other ways that that audit is going to show the massive fraud that happened in Maricopa County. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I 
don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. These people lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!